welcome to Forever Canon, the <laughs> podcast where we talk about our favorite Star Wars books and all the ways that you can tie up all the loose ends that you can possibly manage to do in the last three chapters of a single book. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And this week on Forever Canon, we finish our 17th book, Book 8 of Fate of the Jedi, Ascension, by Christy Golden. It's done. Three chapter day. Yeah. Easy day, guys. <laughs> you know, and this book, it, it, the ending of this book is one twist and a lot of inevitability. Mm-hmm. It's very, you know, not to be too Thanos, as my kids would say. Where did that bring you? Back to me. I am inevitable. Obviously, all the things that happen in the ending here were going to happen for about 30 chapters. Yeah. It all kind of gets laid out pretty early in the beginning and, and plainly. And I guess to the credit of the writing, we see that all come to obvious fruition. Is that bad writing? No. No. Right? Like, it's just like a point... A is given to you, and then point D is very obvious, and then point B and C uh, are we get there. <laughs> yep. They are remarkable in some fashion. I don't know, man. I'm struggling with this series. It ain't Legacy of the Force, okay? No, no. it's, a, it's... It ain't Jason Solo. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm so biased. <laughs> what a stupid attitude, but God, I love that guy. Anyways, this week we're going to finish this book. But first, a bum, bum, bum. previously on Forever Canon, the Jedi head to a Pexar 100 strong. Natua Wan is excited. A mutant needs a deal. Abeloth's Annex Volcano Trap is activated by the all-knowing Luke Skywalker. Vistara saves Ben by making a sacrifice. to save her boyfriend and her boyfriend would definitely have wanted to die we'll get there first chapter 41 (laughs) let's get into the end of this book yeah let's do it all right chapter 41 the offices of Merat Jackson Coruscant where Jackson's getting jumpy because most of his co-conspirators are dead silent or missing Perova dead Leckerson silent someone else missing Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, Treen gone. Bramson dead. Treen, Treen is the one who, who I, I was I was naming as missing. Yeah, like several of them are dead. The rest of them have bailed. He's feeling obviously nervous. Yeah. So he calls up a fellow co-conspirator, General Tall. Thal? I don't know. Feels like a double A after a TH should be a hard TH. Yeah, it does kind of. Feels more spacey. General Tall. Gets a phone call. And he says, hey, where are you? I'll come talk to you right now. We should talk about this. You're totally right. You said we should talk. You know what? You're totally right. Where are you? I'll be there. And then, like, later that night. Yeah. He shows up with two gunmen. And they force their way into the home. And they force General Jackson to write his own suicide note. <laughs> revealing the conspiracy and pointing out uh, just only a few names. Yeah. Admiral Perova, Leckerson. No, uh, no, it's, no, not anybody alive. Only yeah, the, the two dead. dead. Yeah, right. Prova and Bramson. Only point fingers at people who can't point back. And then this guy's plan is he, he's going to go hide. You're going to, I'm going to make you kill yourself. And you're going to help me 
cover my tracks, and go hide. This is so dark. Mm-hmm. And at one point, General Jackson even thinks to himself, in, in, in like a, a piteous twist of sadness, something along the lines of, cooperation could have saved him, but his ego and ambition doomed him. Yeah. And I was like, man, yeah, right? That's the bad guy thing. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you can't just simply... I don't know. I was going to say ask for help, but then you just did. And now here comes the bad guy to kill you. Yeah. You asked the bad guy for help though. Right. And he's like, I could have turned myself into wind Dorvin and I could have gotten a plea bargain and I could have been legally safe and whatever. And, and you know, he's having this, all this imagination of why did I call this guy who has as much at risk as I do <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and tell him, Hey man, everybody's dying off. It's making me nervous. And he's like, you know what? I'll see you in a minute. Well, yeah, no red flags there. This is a total idiot move by him. And he wasn't a smart guy. No. And so here you go. Right. And he comes pay off to one of his other character flaws. Just he's not the most intelligent person of the conspirators. Like there's a lot of cunning individuals on this team. He ain't. He ain't. No. And for being a a general and in his position, he has another moment of realization of I am a coward. Because he's like, yeah. I, I, he's like, I never would have been able to run away. Yeah, sorry, go. Yeah, ahead. No. I'll, I'd, I'll, I'll keep your secret. Is what he's trying to tell this guy, and then when he's got Leaving the gun, for his life. Yeah, when he's got the the blaster and he's putting it into his face. Right, because okay, because in even a darker twist, they don't just shoot this man and make it look like a suicide. Yeah, they hand him a blaster, and General Tall tells him, "Now open your mouth and put it in." <laughs> yeah. Yep. And as that's happening, yeah. Yeah, he's going through all this stuff and he realizes that... What a scene. I could I could take a one, maybe, with this other guy before I die. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just not... I'm a, too much a coward for that, so here I go. I, I, I never would have been able to run away and keep it secret, like mm-hmm. I'm claiming. I know in my heart, in this moment of facing my own death, I know what I am. And I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. And he puts the blaster in his mouth... And General Tall tells him, pull the trigger. And I'll, I'll be here. He do. Yeah. I'll be here. I will watch. I will give you the dignity and honor of witnessing your death, which is actually kind of a big deal. It's a scary thought to just die alone mm-hmm. and be discovered. You yeah. know what I mean? As opposed to having the comfort, at least, of knowing somebody is there. Yeah. Even if it's the guy that is making you do it. (laughs) Right. And that's the dark, nasty psychological twist of the whole Mm -hmm. thing. And and the suicide thing alone is heavy. And Jesus, this was, oh my God, (laughs) (laughs) this coalition of evil is falling apart in a really dastardly way. Yeah. Of course, they're all murdering each other, right? Mm -hmm. Of course. But they're doing it very darkly. Even more so that it's not just like cornered him in a dark alley and shot him. Yeah. It's, I made him write a suicide note that names other people and will deflect interest away from me so I can keep surviving. And then I'm going to literally tell him, put it in your mouth, pull the trigger. Yeah. What the (laughs) hell, man? Super, super dark. And now, 
General Jackson is dead. Admiral Perova is dead. Foss, what was he? General? Admiral? Uh, uh, Admiral? I don't know. Senator. Foss, Senator. Senator Foss Bramson is dead. Leckerson and Treen are missing. This whole thing is a mess. And all because, you know, if you think about it, what were they doing the entire time? Dismissing the Jedi or trying to undermine the Jedi? And not understanding that the Jedi exist to face the bigger threats of the galaxy that you don't understand and can't begin to imagine. Like an entire lost tribe of the Sith secluded on a planet for 5,000 years Mm -hmm. who come back with a fleet and a bad attitude. Or this shape-changing, mind-absorbing monster from (laughs) the Maw that nobody understands at all. Yeah. You forget, you forget, you egotistically ignore the fact that, you know, there are, there are things you can never account for, but yet you'll write off this Jedi order and you'll try to undermine and usurp your own power when you don't actually have the power to save anything or stop anything. Once the magic people get involved. Yeah, in the hopes of controlling an uncontrollable situation, I guess. Which is exactly what this whole series has been, is Dala trying to get a grip on the Jedi Order and control them. Mm -hmm. But you don't even know what you need to control. You don't even know what you don't know, government. Mm -hmm. And so Luke Skywalker's like, we can't live here with the government. Which is all apparently a ruse, but we'll get there <laughs> maybe someday. Eventually. But man, this is a, that's a dark finish for General Jackson as everything is falling apart all around him. Yeah. And we cut to, speaking of dark spaces to be and <laughs> your life falling apart all around you, Princess Leia in her jail cell. Lying awake at night thinking about the Boatus and multiple conspiracies and, oh, what's happening? When all of a sudden, Chief of State Padnell Ovin shows up talking conspiracies and Boatus and, oh, what's happening? And then he gets a phone call that General Jackson's dead and Perova's news that they share. And then they talk about Cameron Soldar being like, what's this guy? And, and then they start connecting some dots, right? Mm-hmm. They're doing their own little... Team Buatu uh, brain power session, and they're like, "Okay, remember that poisoning? <laughs> These three people were connected, and that must mean they're being controlled by Cameron Suldar because he's also connected to One Piece. They're they're tying the strings to the wrong things. Yep, right. Just like everybody has been doing all along, and I guess like we just talked about at the end of the last chapter. You don't even know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Leia and Chief of State Oven don't know that the Galactic Alliance has been completely taken over by the Sith. Yeah, they're everywhere. She has no idea. She can't feel that. Yeah. <laughs> All of them can go completely invisible in the Force and still not build up some sort of negative broader space. dark side energy. Yeah, or just a, a, a blank spot. Or like Roki Kim. Yeah. Or like whatever. Maybe she's got enough of her own problems to worry about. Mm-hmm. And being in jail. And... But I mean, man, they don't even know what they don't know. They're connecting all the dots wrong. Some of them, right? It's like the poisoning thing. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, that, that Javin Thules told me. Ah, nuts. Got that guy fired. Good thing I gave him a job where he was horrible at guarding my 
daughter. Yeah. <laughs> he failed miserably. You know what he did? He pretty much let her do what she wanted to do. Anyways, just like everyone else, some of the strings are in the right place. Some of them are not. Chapter 42. Where High Lord Warkin is working that tight deadline that he got from Roki Kem in the previous episode. She wants to be chief of state now. Please remember by yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. Or by the end of the day, whatever it was. And he's like reflecting on how easy it's been. Because you know what? Politics are already really corrupt, dude. Yeah. He's doing it's all easy. this and it's all going to be legal when it's also, done. Also, I'm a wizard and these people are, aren't. So this is the easiest shit. <laughs> <laughs> they're, first of all, they're all ready to be corrupted. Everybody just wants their own little slice of power. They want a little more control. They want a little more safety and stability. Mm-hmm. Promise that. And then a little bit of mind influencing. Easy as pie. Apparently, we're in the Senate chamber, even though we don't get a location change. But he floats his little hover dais across the Senate chamber, calling for a vote of no confident. What? (laughs) Confidence? (laughs) And Chancellor Valorum. I mean, Chief of State Padnell Oven. It's the scene from episode three. Yeah. The government says, our leader can't lead, and the government is the Sith saying that. So that they can take control. Yep, they and, can put in power who they want. And when you know, it seems like it's going to work. He feels like he has enough votes. He's done enough behind-the-scenes politicking to make this happen in 24 hours. So, Roki Kem in, Padnell Oven out, politics, engage. As Padnell Oven shows up to filibuster the whole, the whole vote and the whole process. He starts talking about uh, the history of the... The <laughs> people and the treaty. What is the treaty of Vontnor or something? Yeah. Oh, God, man. That might be right. I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> he starts just giving this long speech to stall for time because he has his own plan. Yeah. And Warkin's okay with it because he's because he needs to. Yeah. He needs a few more people coming in yeah, the, because the, they wanted a higher the percentage rules change of vote. from yeah. three quarter vote to four fifths vote. So yeah, you need five more percent. He's like, dang, I need like an hour. <laughs> and then Pat Nolvin gets up there and he starts barking and barking and barking. Cut to when Dorvin cutting through a secret escape path in the chief of state's office. Heading from there to the Jedi Temple Garden directly. Really? Really? There's just... Now, suddenly for the first time... Have we ever seen these secret tunnels that just connect key points of Coruscant downtown? We've seen (laughs) people go in the sewers to do that. Yeah. Because that makes sense. He goes directly from the Chief of State office to the Garden in the Jedi Temple. Yeah. It, Through a series of many floors and passages of underground escapeway. That may have never been used in his... They're so like, dusty that he's like, I got to tell the new chief of state to clean this up. It's no good to have a secret door if it doesn't open. Yeah. You think Leia would know that she was chief of state at one You'd point. You'd think anybody... Uh, maybe I, I would have heard of it. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's been there this whole time. I don't know. But on the other end of the Jedi Temple Garden is Han Solo. The traitor Lando Calrissian and Zach, no last name. Who just shows up conveniently wherever he's needed. Yes, he's always there. (laughs) Well, he has been kicking around the solos the whole time, to be fair. Yeah, Yeah. that's more fair than it seemed. It did seem just like, here he is. But also, there's no other Jedi on Coruscant. So him being with the solos, being the only one there to help, I guess, okay, that makes more sense than I originally thought to. But 
here they all just are at the end of this secret tunnel, right? And and Windorvin's like, okay, come with me. We're gonna go down the secret tunnels to to a, a different tunnel that's gonna take us directly to the prison mm-hmm. where maximum security prison where your wife is being held. Because we're gonna go break her out. That's not a good place to put a tunnel. Like, what are we doing? Into the prison. Well, that's fine. It just looks like a wall on the other side. Nobody would ever... Like, what are we doing? Why is there suddenly just this super convenient system of escape tunnels? Uh, Although there could be and would be, I don't... It doesn't ring a bell. Maybe it has existed before, and I'm being shitty about it, but it's not been really alluded to in this series, or has it? Wasn't Dala, like using secret doors and panels in her office the whole time and all the time. Either way, listen, it's too convenient to connect the chief of state's office to the Jedi temple, to the prison where Leia needs to be broken out of. No way. The one from the chief of state's office to the Jedi temple. Okay. Maybe Leia built it. Yeah. Or or maybe it was built way back old Republic, Mm -hmm. like all that kind of stuff. But Having something connected to the prison is what threw me. Yeah, that was a step too far. And it's all the same central access type of thing. Yeah. Like, go left instead of right, and you go to the prison instead of the Jedi Temple type of thing. Mm -hmm. Wow. So they're going to break in there and get her out. And the plan goes immediately wrong at the secret door. They open it up. They're they're like, you know what we're going to do? There's three guards. We're going to beat up three guards, and we're going to dress like them, and then we're going to go get her. One of them is two feet tall. Yep, a tiny <laughs> a little Chedra fan. fan. Yeah. Uh, in case you don't know, episode four, a little bat-eared person reaching up for the drink at the bar with his tiny little arms. He's adorable. <laughs> um, could be she. They're all adorable. Don't care. The point is, one of the suits doesn't fit. Plan goes wrong immediately. And we cut to plan B, which is the classic fake prisoner routine. Yep. We caught this Jedi. See him? He's unconscious. And then we'll flatter all of you for all your accomplishments for taking in this Jedi at the prison and whatever. whatever. Your system's working and we're going to tell everybody about it. Yeah, they just, they don't even like force power trick anybody. They're just like, you know what? Everybody did a good job by catching this Jedi. And they're like, oh, thumbs up. And they open the door. (laughs) Like, okay, man. Everything's too easy here at the, I don't know. Okay. I'm trying not to complain because I don't know. I don't know anything about writing, okay? I've never written a book. I've never written a story. Not since kindergarten. Grade school, I mean. (laughs) High school, even. I just... When it gets too convenient at the end, it just seems unbelievable. Yeah. It it adds a uh, feeling of rushed. Or like, it's just... It's... it's, Yeah? I don't know. Either way, we cut to... From flattering the guards, we cut to escaping through another secret door. All of Coruscant is connected via secret doors and paths. We get lots of fun quips and banter, though, after they rescue Leia. And there's lots of chit-chat between her and Han. And they make jokes about Windorvin or something. It's all good stuff. Yeah, Han calls, says, you'd be a pretty good rogue and a pirate. And he says, don't don't insult me. No need for insults. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, Lando like doesn't talk, so why is he there? I don't know. Yeah. Just don't forget he exists and he's on team solo mm-hmm. <laughs> and he would back up his friends anytime they're needed. Even if he's 80 years old, breaking into a maximum security government prison. Okay. 
can't you, you got billion dollars you can't hire somebody for that <laughs> come on come on these guys are all old yeah not zach no no zach's he's 30. like 30 they're 80 when dorvin's 25 he also didn't do anything to physically help he just was a mouthpiece. He had the knowledge of the tunnels. But like they're just like, you know what we can do? We can shoot guns real good. So I'm not even worried that I'm 80 years old <laughs> and not magic. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. They do the plan. It works. They break her out. Ha ha ha. Fun jokes. Everybody, it's time to go our separate ways down the tunnels. Go left to go to the Jedi Temple. Leia, Han, Lando, Zek. Go that way. I'm going to go back to the chief of state office because I got to get to the Senate to watch this big vote. Blah, blah, blah. Right. When Dorvin takes off the opposite direction and we cut to when Dorvin finding three Sith in the office of the chief of state after he just left all the heroes behind. Mm-hmm. Whoops. <laughs> cut to Han's old man hearing screws him and everybody. <laughs> yeah. When Dorvin tells him to go to 41A, sorry, 41A, not 418. Yeah. So they've now descended from like double digit levels to 300 ish, they said. There. Yeah, they've gone essentially down 300 flights of stairs. And Zach speaks up and he's like, no, man, he said 41A. And Leia's like, no, honey, he said 41A. And you're just saying this now at level 300? <laughs> what the hell are we talking about? Yeah. What's what? happening? Why has this not come up before What is now? happening to the plausibility of this story? It's falling apart. Decisions don't make sense. Coincidences are in abundance. And just perfection is everywhere. Mm-hmm. It, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, it's the second last book, man. We just walk right in and steal Princess Leia right out. And it's all good. Yeah. I mean, it's not good for Windorman, I suppose. No, no. Walking some Sith. And maybe not all good for these guys either because the old man has gotten them lost because nobody spoke up in 300 floors. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're 80 years old and running staircases. Nobody thought to say anything 30 <laughs> staircases ago? Yeah. Come on. Okay. Okay. That's enough. Not at 41. Yeah. You all heard 4-1. You didn't have that discussion when you went by level 23. Well, hey, we're getting... Oh, no, we're not. Oh, wait. Don't we think? That's a conversation you have 264 ago. Yep. I'm done with it. Okay. Moving on. They're fools. This is foolish. 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 But now that they've gone the wrong way, they're being followed. Done, done, done. So just pick any door. Yep. <laughs> and they do. This reminds me of the Matrix when they're in that like that long hallway of doors and they just lead to all sorts of different places. Ah, this reminded me of the Wizard of Oz where like they open this door from the the like sterile steel and concrete staircase that they've been running down into the Coruscant Undercity. Mhm. A completely different realm when they open that door and they rush down into it. Leia and Han had watched the segment on the Perry Needmo news hour, their favorite show. Mm-hmm. They I had see. seen how the place had fallen even further into violence and chaos. 
remember back in the day when the lemur Rara was here and jason solo was like oh my god i'm gonna kill you and accidentally she killed the uh, world brain now it's getting worse and worse all the time nobody's been doing anything to clean up the heart of the city down in the center of it perry nemo told us further into violence and chaos but the news hour vid crew had failed to capture the enormity of the sudden spurts of plant growth they were everywhere Every ramshackle building was nearly choked by the living green carpet. Vines seemed to be moving almost of their own accord, but Leia could see that there were gangs moving through the grove. The place was so strong with fear, despair, and an almost unnatural sense of malice that she had to quickly shield herself from it in the Force. What a completely different world they've opened this door into mm-hmm. especially considering where they were intending to go the jedi temple garden yeah clean controlled space with proper natural healthy growth mm-hmm. right nicely not trimmed and... the coruscant undercity that has been left unattended to since the early reclamation after the yuzhan vong war like yep. they did a bit and they're like, Jesus, we can't do anything. There's a giant brain down here. And they just, they didn't. Yeah. There's I, gangs, Tim. I think <laughs> these plants are also being influenced. I think, I, I think these are Abeloth plants. Well, I, are they Abeloth plants or are they just, they're not, they can't be they're, They have to be Yuzhan Vong plants, which are force inert. So yeah. to speak. But the but way are they? But yeah, that description of like the unnatural malice of it. Yeah, and how they seem to be is moving. Is it her, or is it the concentration of evil people that have just moved into town? But it's been getting worse and worse for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's cleaned it sure, up. Sure, sure. It can have accelerated recently. Totally right. Mm-hmm. Like the curve can have gotten very much steeper <laughs> towards the end of the graph <laughs> here. But like, why has nothing been done about this all this time? They're too busy trying to keep their buildings there's standing. Been, there's been big gaps in between major conflicts, you know, mm-hmm. between the Vong War and then the Killick Crisis. That's a shorter gap. But then between that and the Second Galactic Civil War, and then between that and this mostly unknown and unwitnessed conflict that's been happening so far. Yeah, we, a lot of shadow. We're finishing fighting. Book Eight, and Coruscant doesn't know that it's been invaded and overtaken. Yeah. Like, nobody knows. People don't know how much danger they're in. Which is, again, back to the whole theme of the Jedi Protector. Is like you don't even understand what they're protecting you from. You can't even imagine what's in the universe that they have the magic power to stop. Yeah. But here it is, having taken over your entire planet. Now, I'm totally lost because I was on a different point to begin with. But what happened to the Coruscant Undercity? What would have happened to it differently had the world brain still been alive? Had Jason not turned to the dark side? What could have been so different about this place? I think it would have been more of a... Still, like, overgrown, but in a weirdly controlled way because the world brain was in control. Right, yeah, it was. True. It yeah, was its home. Right. It's like when it's you like have healthy a, instead yeah, of poison. It's like when you have, like, a, a thick garden. Could it have been extra bad because the world brain was poisoned to death? Uh, With a poison dart from a lemur, right? Could I keep be. saying her name because I'm proud I remembered it the first time. I was thinking, of, <laughs> I was, I was thinking, about it, I was like, Ooh, got it, nailed it that time, Baron Doe. But no, seriously, like, I, I think you're right. I think it still would have been completely neglected, mm-hmm. but it just would have been like control growth. Yeah, it would have been like 
like an over like a a forest as opposed to yeah. um a weed choked garden or yard or whatever. But there they go rushing off into Oz. Yeah, because they have no other choice. Open a door. Chapter forty three. Working in Roki Chem are in the Senate chamber waiting for the final two voters to arrive that he needs to hit that 80% mark. She's getting impatient to get along with her plan and then keep going with her plan. <laughs> and so she gives the filibusting Padnell Oven a forced heart attack. A what? Yeah. Yeah. She... <laughs> and, and like he doesn't really seem to even sense her do it in the force. Yeah. She seems to still have kept her power suppressed while using it which is new Mm -hmm. or i'm just misinterpreting his um sensing of it because maybe he's already like yeah she's force sensitive but she's just really good anyways whatever she gives a man a heart attack and he falls to the ground and the the senate erupts into chaos and then so you know yeah one person says let's not vote and then homeboy jumps up and he's like vote now yeah he's going to be the same guy when he comes back Dead or alive, he's still not willing, willing, worthy to suit the office. What am I saying? Worthy to suit the office. There's some sort of phrase conglomeration happening there Mm -hmm. that I know what I want, but you all get it. (laughs) He's not the right guy. He's not worthy to suit it, man. (laughs) So have a heart attack. (laughs) And then a bunch of madness breaks out. Uh, The vote happens. Roki Kem wins, y'all. Uh, yay. Yeah, shock. Yay. Uh, a totally respectable, lovable, upstanding citizen, civil servant of the government has won the chief of state office. And she begins to address her new subjects. <laughs> Immediately. Number one, decisions. I'm moving into the Jedi Temple. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that. Imagine what the Jedi will think about that. They think they can leave whenever they want. My house now. That'll show them they can't disrespect us like that. Number two, let's execute Leia, right? (laughs) They're not going to be a part of our government, so all Jedi that break GA rules, dead. Yeah, they must be executed, which is hilarious. And High Lord Warkin sitting here going, nobody's going to like that. And then she uses the force to assuage everybody in common, and they kind of come around to it. And he's like, wow, she's really powerful. Wow, look at all the things she's doing. And not once, not once... Does the name Abeloth cross his mind? Come no. on, that's too convenient again. All the Sith are very studious of all the evidence they've been gathering and information they've been gathering since leaving Cash and entering the galaxy, mm-hmm. right? For him to suddenly just become totally, what's that word? Tunnel vision. That mm-hmm. he misses this happening in his Senate booth when she face-to-faced him down all the way into his own grave the very first time they met the the name abeloth and this ability to influence masses of people and control minds and none of this crosses his 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 lexicon at all the word abeloth does not appear no no and again it takes me all the way back to book whatever book four it must have been where we just met Abeloth in book three and spent a bunch of time starting to learn what the threat and how serious it is. Mm -hmm. And then now we didn't talk about her whole name for some reason for a whole book, like obviously not to the same degree, but how does this guy not 
not consult that puzzle yeah. piece on the table because he and got to be maybe. high lord by being smart too like right. and, and tricky and, and suspicious yeah so i'm this is uh, it's a, a lot weird of wrap there's up. a lot of coincidental just reaching mm-hmm. happening for me i just don't i don't want people to be obliviously stupid mm-hmm. not everybody <laughs> Like, Merritt Jackson didn't once think, I shouldn't call this other guy because everybody's dying on the bad guy team. You know, okay, you're not the smartest dude. Maybe you panic. This is a high lord of the Sith of a very competitive, intelligent tribe of people who backstab each other every chance they get. And he didn't once consider that this person could be Abeloth, who takes identities and transforms her shape. (laughs) Come on! Yeah. Come on. She wins, though. Yep. I'm moving into the Jedi Temple. Let's execute Leia. And he's like, wow, I can't believe she pulled that off. Cut to 37 minutes later. Mm-hmm. And we're at the temple steps. With Warkin and Roki walking them, being watched by so many of her adoring followers and the media who she refuses to give interviews to with a kind, sad smile. Yeah, <laughs> not not right now. I'm tired. And then when they get to the top of the steps, she gets information from her aide. Yeah. That Princess Leia has escaped. Oh, she mad. Yeah. But she is slightly calmed by the information that we have caught one of the people who helped her escape. Who could it possibly be? Maybe the man who opened the door to three Sith sitting there. A hooded man comes up bound tightly. Ooh, it looks like it hurts. Yeah, so tight it hurts. <laughs> And Roki Kem tells him to kneel before your beloved queen of the stars. <laughs> totally just a regular senator from Karas. <laughs> Normal person. Just very, very charismatic. <laughs> yeah. And we cut to inside the hood. <laughs> <laughs> Where Wyn Dorvin exists. And as the hood is removed, he sees Roki Kem's smile. Beautiful and sweet and kind and an utter lie. Widened and widened. It stretched across her face, too large for it, nearly reaching her ears. Her skin paled. Her eyes began to sink back into their sockets. Her hair turned from blue-green and shiny to pale yellow, growing long, longer, all the way down to her feet. The hand that grasped his chin in a grip that would not release became slick, tiny tentacles, forcing him to stare into her eyes, eyes that looked like tiny stars in a black hole. And he understood the full disaster that was about to unfold. In case we, the reader, haven't figured it out, <laughs> it's literally written, Abeloth and the Lost Tribe of the Sith had come to Coruscant and were running the Galactic Alliance. When Dorvin figures it out, he yep. don't know shit about Sith or Abeloth, what they are and what they work and no personal interaction whatsoever. And he's like, got it. <laughs> yep. My Lord Warkin didn't oh, didn't think of this. Sheltered life. Sheltered oh man, life. never saw that coming. Is it the ego thing again? Because we've leaned on that enough. 
Mm. Like, is that why he's overlooking the threat? I don't know. Woof. But this guy gets it. And she just did all this that easily, eh? She's been here for a week. No. No, like two days? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> she met him the first time, and then she met him the second time, and she was like, listen, you're on my team now. Do this for me within 24 hours. Yeah. And so she's been here for a short amount of time. And suddenly she is chief of state of the Galactic Alliance moving into the Jedi Temple. Takes everybody else years to get there. This is some real power move shit. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And this, that's the kind of stuff you do when you are powerful enough to have the confidence to do that kind of shit. Now, let me ask you a question beyond confidence. Why? Why move into the Jedi Temple? It's not for no reason. No. She's no. very calculating, very forward thinking, very 75 steps ahead of, her, of everyone else. She's the only person who even understands what she is, even if she might not. Yeah. Just being a source of power, probably. I think if we remember the only thing that we know, the only things we know she cares about, she wants to be loved. She wants to be a God and she wants to punish Luke Skywalker. Mm -hmm. Going to live in his room. So what a better way to get his attention than go sleep in his bed. She's moving into the Jedi temple I think, to antagonize the Jedi back to Coruscant to destroy them herself and with the Sith. Maybe she'll kill all the Sith too. Yeah, she and doesn't... just absorb everybody's power. Oh, that's horrifying. But she is going there, I think, as a beacon. Yeah. Because they're on a wild goose chase looking for her on the other side of the galaxy in many, many multiple spots. Mm -hmm. And she goes, I'm in your house, bitch. <laughs> and she turns the light on. Yeah. Come and get me. Where she has the most possible amount of available human beings to draw power from mm -hmm. Coruscant is the is the the planet metropolis of the galaxy there's nothing like it there's no more people concentrated in any spot in the galaxy and what does she draw all of her power from that we've seen so far willing subjects and what has she created for herself here kneel to your beloved queen is the expectation instantly yeah and she's convinced people to execute Princess Leia. She's convinced people any Jedi that break laws should be killed. This is the biggest, deadliest trap you could possibly imagine. Because we don't even know what she is. And so never mind underestimating what the Jedi are protecting you from. The Jedi themselves have underestimated what they're dealing with for eight books yeah because she has now snuck into their house and taken the key while they're all gone on luke's little plan mm -hmm. which maybe this is all part of it that's what he'll say 
He'll say, I let her, I gave her a perfect spot to lay a trap so that I'd know where to find her. Meanwhile, he's bouncing all around the galaxy like, where is she? Yeah. Is he playing stupid forever for everybody? Because I don't know. But look at what she has done over the course of this book. Yeah, she's established herself now in in the like the Jedi seat of power, in the galactic seat of power. She has just... completely taken everything. Yep. How about that? We cut to the final scene of the book. Aboard the Jade Shadow. Where Vistara knows that she should feel bad about murdering Natua Wan. But she don't. Mm-hmm. She don't feel bad at all because she saved her boyfriend. Even though she knows Ben would never make that choice. He would rather die suffering than have anybody else have to take his place. Because he's so self-sacrificing and full of love and good stuff, right? Yeah. But Ben never has to know. She thinks on that idea, how I'm going to keep this secret forever. And she comes to this dawning realization that having made this choice and keeping this secret, she can never be a Jedi. Yeah, because her first reaction was to make that call. And not only that, but a Jedi would confess and repent a la Catholic system. Mm -hmm. A good person says what they've done wrong and tries to make up for it. She can only ever pretend to be a Jedi forever Mm -hmm. because she's done this thing and she is never going to be willing to sacrifice Ben Skywalker's love for truth and honesty. And the future of being a Jedi. She will never make that sacrifice. So, well, since Ben will never turn to the dark side, she considers that for a moment. (laughs) That'd be pretty cool. Be pretty cool, but uh, yeah, he never will. She says that she makes a Sith's choice. She would stay with Ben as long as she was able to. She would give him all she could of her heart, which would never be enough for him. She would do these things until one day when their paths inevitably diverged. Lovers would become enemies. And then when that day came, her heart would break into a thousand pieces as she killed him. If we just want to set the table for the (laughs) last book with all the goosebumps I've got here. Yeah. All the political maneuvering and bad guy stuff in the background all either shook out in a predictable way or a too convenient way. The stuff with the Jedi disappearing from Coruscant and the Abeloth stuff happening is believable, but it's a little contorted. This Vistara and Ben stuff is perfect. Mm -hmm. It is perfect. And like every other thread in this book to the conclusion that we've gotten inevitable. Like she says about this eventual discovery of conflict. Yeah. Her being a Sith in a moment that she needed to be something else was, was a door waiting to be opened into the Coruscant Undercity. Yeah. It just was always going to be opened. It was always going to happen. Because she 
you, she grew up the way that she grew up. Mm -hmm. She, her brain has been completely programmed to live in a world of self-interest above Ben Skywalker's world of self-sacrifice. Oh, that was a good comparison of words, (laughs) (laughs) but man, what a fantastic move and end to this book for Ben and Vistara. Yeah, it was, it was one of my favorite points in the yeah. whole book. That just that one last. They've little... been my favorite thread through the whole thing. They've been written that great the whole time. And all the discovering of cool magic that happened earlier, but we <laughs> didn't like get a lot of super details of that. Yeah, Ben and Vistara, you know, butting heads is like the first time we see them. She's saluting his dad. <laughs> yeah. See you later. Gotta go. Good fight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and uh, to come all the way to this point where she sacrifices the happiness of her future to have a temporary time with a person that she loves. Mm-hmm. She values that temporary time over her own personal future. Yeah. Of what she which could or could not be. Or... It's such a tempestuous type of love type of teenager thing right yeah but beautifully done yeah and after two months and 43 chapters and 470 more pages this is the end of fate of the jedi book eight ascension who ascended kind of obvious Somebody became the beloved queen of the stars. This ending got really dark and heavy. In yeah. In a lot of ways across a lot of threads. Yeah. This These last few chapters started off super dark. Kneel before your queen. Yeah. I'm murdering a Jedi in your honor or, or, or to save your life. I'm going to make you kill yourself and write your own suicide note the way that I want. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Super dark ending, as you should, for the second book of the trilogy, right? Let us all remember The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. And if you don't end on the dourest, sourest, darkest of notes, you leave yourself less room for triumphant victory. Mm -hmm. Here we come into book nine. With the Jedi distracted, the Sith having infiltrated Coruscant, the Skywalkers are living with a traitor, and Abeloth is chief of state of the Galactic Alliance and beloved queen of the stars. Mm-hmm. We came a long way in this book. Yeah. A lot of major things have shifted, changed, and twisted from beginning to end. I. Whoa. As sort of. Bothered as I have been. About the serendipitous nature of maybe the tunnels. And some other offhanded things. We really moved. A lot. Yeah, a lot of pieces moved around the board. And towards one final. One final showdown. Yeah. Abeloth has stepped into the Jedi temple and lit the beacon of come get some. And she does the Morpheus 
hand thing. <laughs> yeah. And hear about how we got from there to here next week when we cover Fate of the Jedi Book 8 Ascension Review and Fate of the Jedi Book 9 Apocalypse Preview. <laughs> I'm Justin. I'm Tim. Not at all concerning of a title. No. That's fine. That's fine. Yep. For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.